the latest in agricultural media and some smart conversation. This is the Ag Communicators Network podcast, and here's your host, Kelsey Litchfield. Welcome to episode nine of the AgCom Network podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Litchfield, and today I'm joined by Holly Martin, publisher at High Plains Midwest Ag Journal. Today, we're going to take a walk in Holly's shoes and learn about her transition from being an editor and then to being a publisher. Thanks for joining, Holly. How's it going? I am great. It's great to be here. All right. How, how are things going over in Kansas? harvest is still rolling along the guys are probably feeling a little bit of pressure because it's it's uh they're still in the field and and wanting to get done and and unlike normal we have had a very very wet fall and so um it's it's been a tad bit frustrating to them so i know that they're they're anxious to get 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 it all wrapped up and get the equipment in the shed for the season right I think that that's a good central story for a lot of people across the Midwest and across the countries. We're, we're hunkering down to those final moments of harvest. Today, we're going to discuss, Holly, how you started out as an editor and now how you balance as being a publisher and working closely with advertising and editorial. But before we get too far, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started into this career? Yeah, sure. I um Grew up in, on a farm in um, South Central Kansas, a dairy farm it, that is about as diversified today as it possibly could be. Dairy, beef, small grains like wheat and uh, row crops, uh, alfalfa, uh, beef cow herd. So it is it is about as diversified as you could possibly be. My dad even has a garden that he calls it, but it's, as my son said, it's actually a field. So um, has sweet corn, lots of tomatoes, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's my background and kind of set me on the path to loving agriculture. I was a big part of 4-H and formed my early years, of course. And then I went to K-State and um, ended up in animal science with an animal science degree. And um, about a year before I graduated, I realized that I had a lot of communications courses and could add an ag journalism degree at the same time. And so without going to any extra school. So I took all my electives that last year, I guess maybe it was a year and a half mm-hmm. and ended up with an ag communications degree as well. So, and luckily, luckily that I, it was a good thing that I did. I had met my husband. We didn't start dating until, until he had graduated, graduated and I was a senior, but he lived okay. in Western Kansas. And so as no, I'm not the only one. I don't think I followed a boy, and we I ended up and we got married and ended up in Western Kansas, and and we live very close to Dodge City. And and when I told everyone that I was moving to Dodge City, almost everyone said, "Oh, you can get a job at the High Plains Journal." I'm like, "Yeah, they gotta have one first, though." So, um, so I worked at a daily paper for um, about I don't know six months or so, and then an opening came about at High Plains Journal and I started as associate editor here. It is going to, it's going to age me, but it's going to be 25 years in a few months. And so I've been here quite a while. Um, started as associate editor just means that I had a territory and a beat that I covered um, and then ended up becoming managing editor and then editor. And then about three years ago, I became publisher. 
So next question we have for you. So what was the transition from editorial to being a publisher like? I guess I wasn't really expecting it, which was, was um, part of you know, part of, I guess, where I was at, you know, I just was really, really loving being, being an editor. And I loved all the things that that involved. And, but when the publisher retired at High Plains Journal, the chairman of the board, you know, just started talking to me about it. And so, so it was a little bit of a surprise. You know, I think maybe if I was a little bit more career minded, like some people might have been, I might have, you know, tried to do a few things ahead of time to help position myself. So I think maybe that's a little bit of a piece of advice I would say is, you know, for, for people to always be thinking about, you know, is there another potential move here and, and what are the things that I can do to be ready? And so as most editors are, I was very well versed in communication, but not so much, not so great with numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it's not that I can't do math. I can do math. That's, that's not a problem. It's just that I really hadn't spent a lot of time, you know, analyzing financial information. So, so that was a, that was a little bit different. You know, I think that in my transition was really, really quick. I mean, you know, within a matter of weeks, it just, you know, kind of, you ask what, what it's like, it was like, it was a little bit of a, uh, throw the baby in the water and see if they swim. Right. So that was a little bit what it was like. And so, you know, I have made mistakes. I have done, you know, things that I wish I would have done differently as anyone would, but it, it, at the same time, it's been very good and very exciting to, you know, to be at a part, to have a change in your career at this point in your career, you know, and it was good to have, have new challenges and new things to think about and uh, be able to hit those head on, I guess. Right, right. You, you said facing new challenges. One thing as being a young person, I still want to feel challenged every day when I go into work. Um, I don't like to sit around and twiddle my thumbs and be complacent for very long. I think here we are on the Ag Communicators Network live broadcast, right? I, I think if you are always hungry for new information and figuring out new ways, I think that's a great way to just have, you know, just to have that need for that kind of information. Um, And, and, and AEA um, certainly does, does that and helps you um, do that or fills that need of trying to find new information. Um, And I would say, you know, maybe, maybe step outside of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, there's, there's always things that you can do. And, and one of the things that I, I think um, was good for me was if you're talking about associations, I was encouraged very early on to become a member of NAMA, which is the agri-marketing on, it's the advertising PR side of things. And so I did that. And, 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 you know, I think that was a great move because I was able to make a lot of connections in that part of the world as well. But really learn some of the challenges that 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 side of the business is is addressing and you know kind of be able to even give the editor's perspective to them that was a a good way to come up with some of those things and all along I think it's always good to whatever kind of experience you can get however you can get it it, it, just never be afraid to jump right in right right 
Definitely. And I agree with that. Never be afraid to jump in and just do it. Mm-hmm. Well, we all make mistakes somehow, in some way, but that's the way you learn and that's the way you grow. So I completely agree. So Holly, what surprised you most from that transition to editor to publisher? Yeah, I think the thing that surprised me the most was I worked here for, for over 20 years and our company is not is not a large corporation. It, it is you know, a very privately owned, small company and I come to work at the same building for all those years and I felt like I knew the other parts of the business the advertising and sales part of the accounting circulation all those things I felt like I knew those and I did I mean there was there was always so much more to learn and I think maybe that was the biggest biggest surprise was that although I felt like I had a good handle on it I'm still learning things today about about circulation or accounting Mm -hmm. sales that that i that i didn't know you know i guess i guess that it makes sense i don't know why i was surprised but but i certainly was well i think every new job you go in like we were saying you grow and you learn in it and you find things that you were like oh i didn't know that this was going to entail this or entail that but kind of go jumping onto the other side what didn't surprise you so much transitioning from editor to publisher one of the, and I, I, it's okay if I brag a little bit, right? I think, yeah, Journal, I, I think one of the things that is really awesome about the High Plains Journal is that it is a small company and I can literally look out my door and see the sales manager, sales director's office. And so we are very well connected across the different pillars of our company and that doesn't mean that we don't have silos and we don't have communication problems and all the things that everybody else has because mm-hmm. we have those. But it was easy on me because I had been a part of a lot of those different things that bridged the different departments. I probably was more in tune with sales and you know and that part of the business than other editors might have been. So now being in the publisher role. What would you tell editors now that you wish you would have told yourself back when you were an editor? For us, and maybe it's different because I come from the editorial side. I don't know. And all I can talk about is my experience. But, you know, I think that it's very key for us at High Plains Journal to keep farmers and ranchers in mind all the time. And so... When we go on sales calls, when we talk about circulation, when we talk about anything, these people around here are so sick of me saying that, that if we keep farmers and ranchers in mind that everything else will take care of itself. I I think that editors, I don't think, need to keep the blinders on. They certainly need to, to realize that the contact and the relationships that they make with the readers are part of what sales and circulation is leveraging in order to make the company successful, but that doesn't mean that they live just in, in that spot and they can't be aware of, of those other things. And however your publishing company balances it is, is how they position their company, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've found over the years that if you, you're going to write a story that may not be very um, friendly to an advertiser, I always think that it's probably better, you know, you're going to run with the story, but it's probably better that they hear it from, from us that it's coming out. You know, you can communicate with that ad rep or you can communicate with that client to say, 
just a heads up. This is what we're doing. This is, you know, it, I mean, I don't think it hurts anything, you know, and I think it, it establishes, allows your ad rep to establish a good relationship with that client. And so I think maybe, I don't know if it's this case, this way in every company, but I know in our company, that's how we prioritize things. And we always try to understand that those those guys are the, the most important important people. And that doesn't mean that the things that advertising does, I think one of the things that I think advertising wishes editors knew that know is that some of those th- pieces that advertising propels and, and works on and, you know, are, are just as important to producers as, as the things that they write. And so they have to be aware of that and, and understand that there's a balance there. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you just answered my next question. I was like, look, did she read through the questions that we had prepared? But no, I think it's such, I hope everyone that's tuning in is really thinking through these answers and thinking, one, how can I be better in my position? How can I work better with others, no matter what position that they are in? Because at the end of the day, whether you're a magazine or a newspaper or something like that, you each have a goal to serve your readers. Looking towards 2019, what advice do you share that people can be doing right now to prepare to work with advertising or editors and publishers in general? Yeah, I think that is a little bit about, you know, making sure that you're connected. If you're dividing your company into, in our company, we have three main pillars, which is editorial um, circulation, which is sort of a part of sales, but then sales and advertising, right? And so, you know, just trying to understand what those initiatives are and share information from one one part of the company to another, I think is really important. And and I don't know if that, that is really has anything to, to do with 2019, but it is something kind of relating to what I was talking about earlier is that is that I I would I you know, for an editor specifically, if we're talking to editors and some things that another thing that we would wish advertisers knew or that we could do that would help or whatever. I, I always think that, you know, being creative beyond just what you are required to do is always really valuable um, to, to a company and to a publisher. And so, you know, if there's topics or ideas of ways that you can connect with farmers and ranchers in a better way, or if there's, you know, those things, pushed up the hill to, you know, to bosses and, and to publishers and over to the advertising side and ways that they can monetize it are always helpful. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we can't, as an editor, you can't sit in your spot and just hope that everything's, you know, that the advertising is going to pay your paycheck all the time. You have to help, help across the aisle if you can. And, you know, I don't, mean that you should ever compromise ethics or anything but there's many many ways that you can you can do that and um and and help each other out right do you have an example of a way maybe that your company has thought outside the box when it came to being creative and reaching farmers and ranchers yeah so and it's a good example of that working together with sales and and editorial as well and it's it's an old example but it's 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 by far our most popular program that we've ever done. We have a program we call All Aboard Wheat Harvest. And it is a, I was so sick 
of writing stories about what the protein level of wheat was and what the moisture content was and where they had started hauling. I mean, it was so boring. Nobody cared. I mean, I was like, I don't, we have to cover wheat harvest, but who cares, right? This is not a good way to cover it. So can we come up with something interesting? So I'm having those thoughts. And at the same time, our advertising, our national accounts manager was having conversations with some clients who were saying, we need to reach at advertisers in a different way. And so we got, so the accounts manager and the editorial staff got together and we sat down and we thought, we're trying to think of ways we could do it. And, and, and we came up with, why don't we have embed or hire some custom cutters as they, they go from the South to the North to blog and write about what their experiences. And so, um, you know, they wrote about things that weren't just, yeah, of course they wrote about mm-hmm. weed and, you know, the yields and all of those things, but they also wrote about, you know, the farmer that had a birthday and they, they had a birthday party in the field. And, you know, so it made, personable. yeah, it was. And, and, you know, then over the years we've incorporated things like we have a webcam in the com and the cab of a combine. And so when Tracy, Zorian is driving the the combine. She is on Twitter and people are asking her questions and she answers them live. And so, you know, literally people from Sweden are, are asking her questions. She's answering them live. And so, and then, you know, we've done live video broadcasts. We're doing video, whatever. I mean, so that is an example of the way that two sides of our company put their heads together to come up with something that is fantastic. We, as an editorial staff, would never have been able to fund that on our own, but it is truly much more engaging and better stories. And then, you know, we have, we have sponsors that have been able to connect with farmers as well, you know, through, through that platform. So it, it was a, it was a win-win for everybody. So I want to kind of, I want to talk about that digital media, but I have one more question about being a publisher. What has been the hardest part of being a publisher in your eyes? There's been making tough decisions, mm-hmm. right? If you're the boss, the buck stops here and you have to make those tough decisions. They may be things that, you know, in your heart, you wish you didn't have to do, but with long-term vision and you, that you have to do. And that's by far been, been the hardest part of, of this and um, been something that, you know, has, I mean, helped me, I guess, grow personally just to know you have to have a little bit of a tough skin, but mm-hmm. you have to be compassionate and, and understand where people are coming from at the same time. And, and so the goal would be to make sure that those tough decisions are fewer, few and far between. And, and so that's certainly my goal going forward that I hope that I don't have to make as many of those in the next you know, three years that I've had to make. Great answer. Thank you for answering. Steven from our live video comment section has a question for you. And he asks, why do publishers micromanage and what is the best way to deal with it? <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> that's good because um, they, they micromanage, I suppose. It's, it's a natural management thing to do, right? They, they want want to be sure that everything is happening the way that they know that it needs to happen, right? That's what I would say. You know, if you want to know how to help keep that from happening, I think the the idea would be 
you know, to, to make the communication not just flow one way, make it try to go both ways. And the more trust that is established there, I would imagine the less micromanaging that would so one of the things that I'm curious and I I was thinking about, what is the biggest pressure a publisher is under, Holly? Well, of course, any business's goal is to make money, right? And so depending on what kind of a company you have set up in whatever format, you know, you are in, everybody, the reason you're in business is, is to make money. And so balancing the ability or the the need to make money, make profits, think about those kinds of things. And again, serving audience in the best way possible and making sure that you're being able to balance those two, because if one gets out of control, you're certainly, it's, it's, it's not going to, you're, it's a recipe for disaster. So mm-hmm. trying to make sure that you can, can make all of those things work together. That is, mm-hmm. you know, that's a challenge. Great, Great answer. We're winding down our time here and it's been a quick half hour. That's for sure. One of the things I always like to ask our guest Holly is the theme of this podcast is like continue learning. Um, You never lose the attitude of a student as I'd like to say, my commencement speaker back in college like to say, what are the things you do to keep learning and keep growing? Do you have any books or podcasts that you would love to share that you listen to? I do. I love podcasts. I am my favorite. And I don't know. I mean, it just maybe because it's just just quick um, inspiration sometimes is the TED Talk podcast. They'll take, you know, two or three of their the big TED Talks and kind of find a common theme and then condense it down and maybe interview the, the speaker again and, and talk, you know, about the things that, you know, their subject. And and I guess I, I always enjoy that one because I, it doesn't mean I have to sit there and listen to the whole TED Talk, but I can if I want to after I hear some of the things that they have said. And it's a wide variety of, you know, all the way from financial information to leadership challenges to, you know, parenting advice to all of that kind of stuff. So, so I love that. I think that's great. I agree. That's something that I always, I always had TED Talks written down as something I want to listen to. It's always on my Okay, listen later, um, but thank you for sharing because I always forget about TED Talks and they're so inspiring and so thought-provoking that um, they lead us in a great direction of thinking. Holly, is there anything else you want to add about transitioning from an editor to a publisher? I would love to see more people come from the editorial side sitting in this seat. And I think that's maybe one of the biggest, something that we didn't talk about, but one of the things that I... There's not, if you try to think about that, there's not a lot of people that do that. And, and, and why is that? And so is it because we, we aren't prepared or is it because, you know, companies are just more sales minded? And so, you know, I, I would encourage most every, anyone who, who has some career ambition to, to change roles within in their company or in, into a different company to prepare themselves so, so that they are ready for, for that kind of role. Holly, how can they get a hold of you if they have any follow-up questions or would just like to talk about maybe yeah. transitioning and things like that? So, so my email address is hmartin at hpj.com. Really easy. Um, M-A-R-T-I-N. Yes, correct. And and then High Plains Journal is on all the social media channels at High Plains Journal. Our Twitter, though, is High Plains J-R-N-L. 
because we didn't have enough letters, I guess. So, so and and I'm Holly R. Martin on Twitter and, and on Facebook as well. So anybody can reach out to me and I'd be happy to help and however I can. Thanks so much, Holly. I think this is truly a beginning conversation of talking about the transition from editor to publisher. I think definitely we'll have to pick up this conversation maybe next year in 2019 and um, have some follow-up questions for you. Thanks so much, Holly, for joining us today and for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Thank you, Kelsey. It was great. Thank you to everyone that's listening and watching. We'll be back in December with another live broadcast. Thanks, everyone. This has been an Ag Communicators Network podcast. Thanks for listening. And please visit us online at agcomnetwork.com for more great content.